Welcome to the Good Old Days Podcast. I am Maggie Coomer. And I'm Jasmine Brand. This is the third edition of our Saturday morning short stack series. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different for our mini episode. Jasmine has researched a case that I know nothing about, so she is going to tell me all about it. Without further ado, this is the story of Eliza Woods. I'm going to start with the headline I first found in the New York Times from Friday, August 20th, 1886. It reads, A woman lynched, Nashville, Tennessee, August 19th. Eliza Woods, colored, was taken from jail at Jackson, Tennessee, tonight by a mob and hanged. She poisoned her employer, Mrs. Jessie Woolen, a few days ago. I wanted to get into this story because... Maggie and I both live in Tennessee. We know where these places are. And it brought an extra level of closeness for us. And this is an issue that still gets brought up today. Lynching was only made a federal crime this year in 2020. And it still had four people that opposed it in the House. What? Four people opposed that law? Yes. Yeah. And it took 200 times to try and get it through. They've been trying to do this since the 1800s. And this particular one was named after Emmett Till. So that's what, 65 years since he was murdered that they've been trying to get it through? Yeah. Emmett Till was murdered in the 50s. This is just past. So this is something that's still in our forethought, still that we're dealing with today. And to give you a bit of statistics before I get more into Eliza Woods is that at least 130 women between 1880 and 1930 had their lives cut short by lynching. And this is often seen as so-called vigilante justice, but what it really is is murder. It's still murder. It's always been murder. Nothing about that has ever changed. And this is an estimate. We don't actually know the true number of lynching victims, of course. Now, going into Eliza Woods and her particular case, a lot of newspaper articles, of course, are reporting this from the white point of view. So I just want to go through kind of a a mixture of all the different sources, tell you the story, Maggie, and see what you think of this. And basically what happens is Mrs. Woolen, as that New York Times article reports her as, Mrs. Wooten, as all of the local sources report her name being, so I'm going to call her Mrs. Wooten, is, is found dead around August 9th. And these are considered suspicious circumstances. So she dies August 9th. The autopsy is reported. She'll actually be... Um, Disin- is it disinterred? Disinterred? Disinterred. So they dig her up? They dig her up. Okay. They dig her up sometime later. So let's let's lay this out. So she dies. Mrs. Wooten, or Woolen, dies August 9th. She will be laid to rest pretty, pretty quickly, as they would have done at that point, because smell. Well, I don't think they were embalming people at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, smell, mostly, and gross things. And... Her husband decides that this was very sudden. Their baby had died the year before. He wants this looked into. And Eliza Woods is their cook. And they find a box of rough on rats, which is rat poison. So arsenic. In her her personal home, not even in the home of the Wootens. 
and decide that Eliza would must have had something to do with this. He orders for her to be disinterred, so dug up and an autopsy to be performed. In the meantime, Eliza's going to be arrested, and this autopsy takes about 10 days or so. Okay, question. Mm-hmm. She dies August 9th. They put her in the ground. And then her husband goes, that was weird. Let's dig her up and perform an autopsy. Yes. So what, what came first, the rat poison or the husband's inkling? The inkling came first. Then they found the rat poison in Eliza's home. And then they dug her up. Okay. All right. We're on the same page. Here we go. So it is confusing. And there's a reason it's confusing that we're going to get to a little bit down the line. Okay. I'm ready. So this newspaper article is going to appear in the Memphis Daily. And I just want to read through this as it's being reported because it'll give you a really good sense of how normalized this was. And it's entitled, The Mystery of Mrs. J.P. Wooten's Death Cleared Up, is what the article's called. And this is on August 18th. So the day before Eliza Woods is going to be murdered. So nine days after Mrs. Wooten dies, the newspapers are reporting that they've figured it out. Yes. They've solved the crime. Yes. It's been figured out. They've received the autopsy reports. And this is what what they say. They say Jackson, Tennessee, August 18th. Mrs. J.P. Wooten, who died in her home in this city on the 9th, instant, sudden, and under peculiar circumstances, has caused considerable talk during the past week in Jackson society. It was believed all the time by Mr. Wooten that his wife was poisoned by a Negro woman who lived in the place. Last Saturday, the body of Mrs. Wooten was disinterred and doctors Fenner and Cartmel removed the stomach and sent it to Mr. J.C. Wharton, chemist at Nashville, to be analyzed. Today, Mr. Wooten received a dispatch from the chemist that his wife had been poisoned with strychnine, which was found in her stomach. Considerable excitement prevails throughout the city and serious trouble is expected tonight as it is boldly proclaimed by good citizens that this female devil should dangle at the end of the rope before morning. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm not done yet either. (laughs) It has been developed that this same negress has caused the death of several other citizens by poison. Some of our best citizens are endeavoring to keep down mob violence and are insisting that the law should take its course. Okay, so that's a little contradictory. It kind of sounded like they were pro-lynching there, and then all of a sudden, oh, some of our best citizens are anti—they're pro-justice. They want the justice system to take its course. Kind of sounds like they're doing a little CYA there, covering the old rear. Yeah. So it is very conflicting. Like, hey, there's going to be a lynching in Jackson tonight, but... But some of our best citizens want the law to prevail. Yeah, and that's not even the most frustrating article I'm going to read to you during this little thing. So that happens, and of course, surprise, surprise, a mob of reportedly about a thousand men show up to lynch Eliza Woods. And she's in jail right now in Jackson, Tennessee. She's in jail. Okay. She's in jail in Jackson. So about a thousand a thousand men 
show up because they believe that she is a she-devil, serial-killing murderer that killed this nice, benevolent, white Christian woman, and they need justice right now. I feel like I've heard this story before. It sounds very familiar, doesn't it? It does. And so these thousand men show up. They reportedly overtake the understaffed police department, if you want to believe later newspaper reports. And they will grab her from her jail cell, strip her naked, march her in front of the entire crowd, hang her from a tree branch in front of the courthouse. And this is after some debate between them of should they hang her or should they burn her at the stake like a witch in Salem. And that's actually brought up in some of the sources that I read. And then they proceed to shoot her her body multiple times um, as it hangs there before they disperse. And then they just leave it there for literally anyone to have a look at in that state. Wow. How long, how long was she left in the tree? They take her down the next morning. So this happens reportedly between 9 and 10 p.m. on the 19th. And it's the next morning they'll take her down. So let me get this straight. Newspapers report that morning that there's going to be a lynching that night. And the police say they're understaffed, but they had like 12 hours to prepare for this. And then a thousand people gathered. Mm -hmm. But only the best citizens were trying to, you know, keep justice. Okay, just trying to keep up. The Tennessean, which was is a newspaper we're very well acquainted with, reports the next day, so on the 20th, and I'm just going to read the little snippet, and they say, quote, A notable feature was the large number of Negroes present, including a number of women. All of them endorsed the action of the mob. All of them feared her. What? It is claimed she had a regular mania for poisoning people and has, during her life of 57 years, murdered more than a dozen people. Hold on. What? So this is like building and building now from Mrs. Wooten to Mrs. Wooten and her baby to now there's a dozen people. Well, there wasn't a trial or anything, so there would be no no way to have a public record of... But how would they have not known 12 other people? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, and the reason for this is because this article goes on to explain that 11 of these dozen people were black children. The woman who apparently accuses her of killing these 11 children is another black woman who the newspaper goes on to say she walked seven miles to come and see this hanging. They don't give a name. We don't know where she's come from. I think this is fabricated in order to show support for this mob because, oh, there's a black person there. It's fine. Like they didn't like her either. This is this is all good. So that's how they're spinning it. Now, completely contrary to that, this is one of the first cases, lynching cases that really catches Ida B. Wells' eye. So Ida B. Wells, the uh, famous activist, equal rights activist and anti-lynching activist? Yes, the same one. And she writes about this in her diary, which has now been published. 
And she reads some of these newspaper articles that I've read to you. And she writes, quote, oh, my God, can such things be and no justice for it? So that's her response. And I'm going to take that as a better response indicator of what the black community is thinking at this point, rather than, oh, they supported it because they're accusing her of murder, too. And it could have been both, but I don't trust the Tennessean in this sense. I mean, it, it doesn't look good. So is this is this the case that kind of pushes Ida B. Wells over the edge so she starts, you know, her activism and starts writing about anti-lynching? A lot of historians credit this to being like the first moment that it really hits her because it's not just another story of yet another Black man being lynched. Now it's being applied to women as well because there's another quote that she's pretty well known for that I thought really applied here. And she says, To justify their own barbarism, Southern white men assume chivalry, which they do not possess. And so, you know, the idea of lynching being to protect, like, white womanhood or just womanhood in general, because there's whole articles, and I'm sure you've come across them, too, of talking about how this kind of swift justice quote unquote, is needed in order to protect women from predatory men. Well, when women are being lynched, who who are they protecting? Well, I mean, she Eliza Woods was already in jail. Who were they protecting by removing her from her jail cell and lynching her? Yeah. Who's she going to poison from there? I mean, how is this a better tool for justice than our own justice system? No, and this is a particularly good story to examine this, because are you ready for the twist? Oh, I'm ready. Just, well, let's see, this happens in August, the November of that same year, 1886, so just a few months later, Mr. Wooten admits to poisoning his wife. Oh, man, I was afraid you were about to say that. Good Lord, are you serious? Oh, my gosh. So he he admits to this, right, in a public state, like he's in Nashville, in the city, apparently goes on this raving lunatic like rant. And it's reported that way in the newspaper with the headline, Fought Like a Tiger. He's arrested, of course, for going on this rant and saying that he killed his wife and daughter. Oh, OK, <laughs> I, I need some more information. Uh, Mr. Wooten is just in the streets of Nashville screaming at the top of his lungs that he murdered his wife and child. That's how the the newspapers reported it. They said he had been struck by insanity over grief, and they didn't really believe him. They still are condemning Eliza Woods in the same sentence where they're like, oh, well, he's saying he did this, but we all feel a great deal of sympathy for him. And he will go and stand like some sort of trial where he's declared insane and placed in the Nashville Insane Asylum for a short period of time. And guess who presided over his case? This was the point I was telling you about earlier that made me like, oof. Who was the judge? Howell E. Jackson. No. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just to provide a little bit of context for our listeners, the reason that that made me pause is Jasmine and I used to work at a uh, an old historic home that was in the Jackson family. So <laughs> we have some experience with old Howell. He actually ends up becoming a uh, associate justice of the U.S. Supreme Court in the early 1890s until his death in 1895. 
So I have a couple more questions. So just for clarity, Mr. Wooten has some sort of psychotic break and ends up in the streets of Nashville ranting and raving that he murdered his wife and young daughter. And he's arrested and put on trial for the murder of his wife and daughter, but he's found to be insane, and so he's sent to a mental institution. What happens to him after that? That's it. That's all I can find. And it's it doesn't look like he was there very long at all. It just says that everyone figured that they were rid of a she-devil either way, and he, you know, is in an asylum and then goes on to live his life. So really nothing happens. And that I only, the only reason I found that he was even declared insane was through a lot of digging. Like that does not come up when you look up the murder of Mrs. Wooten. So still today in our sources, we still don't put him at the forefront of committing this crime. It's still all about Eliza Wood, the she-devil. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jasmine, thank you so much for bringing that, bringing that story. I mean, so many twists and turns for, with how little that's known about it. It's pretty wild. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the third edition of our Saturday Morning Short Stack series. If you like what you heard today... Uh, please go to your favorite podcasting platform and drop us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And we will also read your reviews if you choose to write something out on our next full-length episode, which will drop next Wednesday. So thank you all so much. Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, The Good Old Days Pod. Uh, if you have any episode suggestions, feel free to uh, share those with us on social media or send us an email. Our address is thegoodolddayspod at gmail.com. Thanks again. Y'all enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.